Hello everyone, it is November 18th, 2020, and this is Liberty Church Audio. I'm Pastor John. In the last few days, I saw a video of a rally in Washington, D.C. There was a lot of tension in the air and a lot of pushing and shoving in the streets. And someone posted a video of a man being sucker punched from behind, knocked out, knocked face down onto the concrete, and then somebody kicked him in the head until others could rescue him, kind of lift him up and and help him stumble out of danger. The man's face was bloody. He was disoriented. There was a lot of shouting going on. uh, And it was a very graphic video, and it it went viral. And you you may have seen it yourself. But somebody had a strong desire to hurt others, and there was a lot of that going around in the streets. As we go into Thanksgiving in a time of celebrating gratitude to God for all the blessings that he's given us, I want to remind ourselves of what Peter said in his letter, 1 Peter. Peter is a man who knows the desire to lash out at someone. He knows the desire to strike. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the night that Jesus was arrested, Uh, John says that Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. And the servant's name was Malchus. So Peter was ready, he was angry, he had a weapon, and he felt the urge to strike out at someone. And obviously he was trying to cut somebody's head off, and the man must have ducked and, and had his ear sliced off. And he, he wasn't just ready to act out. He did it. He struck at somebody with the intent of killing, it looks like. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? So Jesus was giving himself over to be arrested. There was no power that the men had to actually take him. Jesus laid down his life. He went willingly. But Peter was ready to fight. He was ready to strike. And in a sense, he was getting in the way of God's plan for Christ. So he, that night, was going through the ups and downs, the wild swings of of quite a few emotions. At one point, he's ready to kill somebody and strike out. At another point, he's willing to uh, hide out in a sense. He's hiding out from his association with Christ and calling down curses on himself and denying that he knows the Lord. So he's swinging wildly. He's kind of out of control. And metaphorically, he stabbed Jesus in the back. So in one sense, he's literally stabbing somebody. And then metaphorically, he stabs Christ in the back. And then Christ, of course, goes through the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection, and the resurrection appearances, and the restoration of Peter himself. And so when you're reading First Peter, you're reading about a man who understands the human condition. He understands the tension that can be in the air when there's a lot of trouble and trials and conflict. So when he's writing in First Peter, in First Peter chapter 1, he says to us that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. That's First Peter 1 verse 22. And we've obeyed the truth through the Spirit. In sincere love of the brethren, he says, love one another fervently with a pure heart. So now, looking back and having a mature walk with Christ and looking back over the years, he realizes that because of what Christ has done for us and the grace that's been given to us, we can leverage that grace 
to purify our souls. And when that happens, we grow in love. And there should be a fervent love, love for one another, especially in the church community. And he says this can happen because we've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So he says all flesh, all human beings are like grass. We grow up and we die in a quick moment. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And it's that word that's been implanted in our hearts. So the weak and the temporal has been given life by the strong and the eternal. And we have something that we can use called grace, the the enabling of God to change our hearts and to purify our souls. He says, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So the logic of it is God's been gracious to us. He's given us new life and he's given us new strength. The result of that is we should purify our souls. What does a purified soul look like? It's a soul that has laid aside the old. We have black snakes here uh, around our house where I live, and every once in a while you'll see this long snake skin that's been shed. And uh, my daughter, over the last years, year and a half or so, has had a, a gecko, and those geckos will shed their skin. You don't leave, you don't see them keeping that old on there. Sometimes the old skin will stay on on the gecko's head, and you kind of got to uh, lift that off of there or clean out the aquarium. And you don't want that old stuff just hanging around. And so it's kind of like that. Peter's saying, lay aside this old stuff that doesn't belong with new life. And the first thing on his list that he says that should be laid aside is malice. What is malice? Well, the dictionary, you can go to the dictionary. You can go to the English or the Greek. It's just ill will. It's the desire to injure. That's malice. It's a, it's a sinfulness that is not ashamed to break laws. It's, it's born out of wrath. When you are angry enough to hurt somebody and break laws to do it, you're being filled with malice. This is something that does not belong in the church. It doesn't belong in the Christian life. It's incongruous with having the new life of Christ in us. I don't believe that the vast majority of Americans are filled with malice, but there's enough out there to cause trouble, especially when tensions are high. As we go into celebrating with family and seeing folks we might not have seen for quite a while or since last year, and if there's tension in the air, Christians should be the one to lay aside that tension. We should be the ones to lay aside any sort of malice or deceit or hypocrisy or envy or evil speaking. That word is a compound word that literally means speaking down about someone. All this stuff has got to go. And the result of that is that our souls will not only just be pure and purified, which is an ongoing process, it's never completely done, but the result of a pure soul is a joyful soul. We're experiencing life and growth, not being hindered by the old. Grace is that powerful source of life that's independent from what's going on in this world. It's independent from circumstance. No matter where we find ourselves, we can still rely on the grace of God and have that internal, inward life that is at peace. Now, I'm not saying there's never a time to stand up and fight. I'm not a pacifist. I think there's times to defend the people that you love. But even then, it shouldn't be born out of a desire to see somebody bleed. That's just horrible. 
In chapter 2 and verse 9, Peter says, You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Our primary citizenship is not any current nation state on the globe. Even though we do pray for and have a loyalty to wherever we find ourselves, we want the prosperity of our country. But Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We have to trust God with our future. I think we can get angry and filled with malice when we're worried about the future. We're worried about what other people are doing to ruin that future. But if we're, if we're in Christ, nobody can ultimately ruin our future. And so we've got to be careful of being angry. I think wrath is at the root of malice, and wrath is an enemy of our souls. Anger can give you pleasure. It can give you a feeling of power, but it destroys your ability to think. And it will keep you from achieving the goals you think you do want to accomplish. James reminds us that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. My personal anger and wrath will not make the world right. Now, there's a way to be angry and not sin, but there's a correlative truth that says that if I'm personally angry, that sinful anger will not make things right. Now, someone might say, well, what about all the wrongdoing in this world? Shouldn't I be angry about that? Well, you can be angry and not sin, but human anger is kind of like a bowling ball going down the lane. It can slide right off into the gutter of being wrong really fast. So this is just a short reminder about what our duty is. We have, we have new life. We have the grace of God. We've tasted and seen that He is good. His new life is in us. Therefore, we should lay aside malice evil speaking, hypocrisy, deceit, all that stuff has to go. It doesn't mean that we don't see evil or it doesn't mean we don't see what's wrong in the world and we should and we should definitely stand against it, but it shouldn't be born out of those kinds of motives. It should be born out of a out of the new life that's give, been given to us. So 2020's been a, a tough year in many ways, and yet we still have a lot to be thankful for, and we can definitely thank God for the life that he's given to us in Christ. Happy Thanksgiving. Liberty Church Audio is produced by Liberty Church of Cosby and is now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the audio there as well as at TuneIn plus Alexa. And you can find out more at libertypastor.com or at our Facebook page at Liberty Church of Cosby.